You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Derek This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome on into a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante. If anybody else's brains go dark like mine, you were a little bit nervous about a two-game series at Fenway Park against the last-place Red Sox. You were thinking your lucky stars. This was only two. There are four more in the Bronx next week. Thanks for backloading the schedule. Rob Manfred with the last-place Boston Red Sox. We really do appreciate it. Because the first two went as planned. Felt like the first one was going to be a nerve-wracking, well-competed loss. Nope. Extra innings victory. Felt like the second one was going to be a bit of a letdown. Brian Bayo dominating. Nope. Little League team. Little League Boston Red Sox showed up just on time. We're going to be talking about everything you need to know about this two-game mini-sweep. The Yankees love mini-sweeps for whatever reason. Did it to the Mets couple weeks ago did it to the Red Sox this time I think uh we're also going to talk about Glaber Torres by the way is he back is he false hope ahead of the playoffs what are we witnessing and why did the Yankees not play Oswald Peraza during this series basically during the last series uh they they sort of shoved him to the side as soon as Josh Donaldson came back and now the Yankees are actually six and seven and a half up on the Rays and Jays uh the Jays actually have leapfrogged ahead of the Rays they're also again if you're crazy 18 up on the Red Sox with 19 to play. So that's pretty close to, you know, even in a flag year, that's pretty close to hard to. I'm not a Yankees optimist. I'm, I'm a Yankees pessimist. I don't think the Yankees are going 1 and 18 the rest of the way. And I don't think the Red Sox are going 18 and 1. 
the only Boston team that goes 18 and one is the 2007 New England Patriots. Thank you very much. Uh, very much. <laughs> um, but uh, I think like we'll, we'll talk about the ins and outs of this series, why Peraza didn't play, why uh, Oswaldo was so impressive in right field, why the Yankees bats came up clutch mostly because of Glaber. But I do want to read before I toss it to you, Thomas Carinante. This is where Red Sox fans are today. This is Boston Strong 34. The uh, Red Sox fandom Twitter account is pretty outspoken all the time. Uh, criticizes the team almost never. Says, you know, hard to watch when they're like 20 games over 500. So, like, the Red Sox are perfect, but also they're the worst team to ever exist. Classic Red Sox fandom. They tweeted, the Yankees and their fans can celebrate all they want, but if I were them, I would be worried. Barely beating this team that played like an MILB affiliate shouldn't be a cause of celebration. Counterpoint, we won twice. Also, counterpoint, everyone knows what the Red Sox are. Nobody's celebrating. They're just leaving the stadium with two wins. There's a difference. And, and counterpoint three, you can fi- find me a Yankee fan who hasn't been panicking since the middle of July. We're already nervous. Nobody is penciling this team into the World Series. They're slowly winning back our trust. The last couple of games, stretching back to the Rays series, They've started to right some wrongs from two and a half months ago. Nobody is still front-running claiming the Yankees are going to blitz through the AL postseason all the way to the World Series. We're just excited because we're winning games we haven't won in a long time, and we're excited because the Red Sox are worse off than us. And you'd celebrate that if you were in the opposite position. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us those five-star reviews, mailbag cues, happy to answer them, more happy than ever to answer them. The Boston Red Sox. Again, they always play to the rivalry. Back to the, names on the back of the jerseys doesn't matter. Uh, you know, baseball cards doesn't matter. Rosters doesn't matter. The 2012 Red Sox, the worst Red Sox team we've ever seen, will ever see, like a 60-win team under Bobby Valentine. They beat the Yankees in the middle of September at Fenway. Fenway's a house of horrors no matter who's on the Boston Red Sox roster. And the Rob Manfred free base runner only makes it worse. It's basically an automatic rally starter for a team that already believes they're never out of it in any game. So 7-4 going to the bottom of the 10th. That guy's starting on second base, and the top of the lineup's coming up. You're crazy if you think that one's over. Yankees still had to do some gymnastics to get out of there, and they did. That's what's important. No one's dancing around. Nobody's celebrating. I would have been happy with a split. I was worried about losing them both, and hey, we won them both. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. Yankees on a four-game winning streak. We love it. Uh, No one's celebrating. Um I mean, I shouldn't say that. We know the worst of the worst are probably celebrating talking shit to Red Sox fans. Um, and yeah, to an extent, we can talk a little shit. Uh, we, I think, clinched. No, we're one game away from clinching the season series. It's six yeah. to nine right now. Um, Nothing is clinched. Season series wise, we got the Rays last weekend, which was huge. Yeah. Uh, so now uh, all of a sudden they are seven and a half up on the Rays. But that's eight. Because if the Rays somehow stormed back and, and tied us up and erased all those games with 19 to play, we have the tiebreaker advantage. There is no game 163 this year. Give us an extra half game. So that went from like, God, what was it? Like two in the loss column after Jeter Day? And now it's seven and yeah. could extended to eight, essentially. So massive. Um, they still need to beat the Blue Jays once in the road series in Toronto to clinch that season series. They're in the same position they were when Tampa came to town and that'll be tough, but that will not take place for another two weeks. We do not know what the landscape's going to look like at that point. We'll be going to Toronto after this Red Sox home series. It's Milwaukee and Pittsburgh in the Bronx, Boston in the Bronx, then to Toronto. 
So we'll see, but they need to take one of those to take the season series. And they're up 9-6 on the Red Sox right now. Yeah, it's beautiful. And it's worth celebrating. We're done with Fenway. We hate Fenway. We hate Fenway. It sucks. It's a cool, like, relic-type place you go to visit. It's a, it's a bit of a time warp, um, but it's a dumb ballpark. You got outfielders standing there waiting for the ball to hit the top of the green monster. You have Xander Bogarts accidentally hitting a pitch out to – honestly, how far was that? That was that – was, that was, just as short as Benintendi's like 303 foot home run, however many years that, ago. Yeah, insane. that had to be 315. And, Absolutely and you've got, insane. You've got Pablo Sandoval playing center field yesterday in the ninth, crashing into a gate. What Who is, is I mean, Abraham Almonte, I guess. Abraham Almonte, but number 48, a paunchy looking short guy in a Red Sox jersey. Like, I'm automatically thinking Pablo Sandoval, belt buster. Uh, yeah, Alex Corey yesterday, I don't know what that was, but like, Midway through a game that was like it was a three-one game, he started just subbing in. Like the stars stayed, Devers, Bogarts were still in the lineup, but he, he put in Casas who didn't start, and then he put in Ibrahim Almonte in place of Ref Snyder, like just for shits and gigs. Like Ref Snyder's hitting three hundred this year, and the Red Sox are now again. If you check, like I do, because you're insane, they're they're eleven out of a playoff spot with nineteen to play. Not good. Not looking good for them. But, you know, ships are still in. They're, they're not, there's no E next to their name. I don't really know why you would. Abraham Almonte is not going to be on the team next year. But instead, yeah. they put him in. He gave the Yankees an extra run. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know what this team is doing. And once again, worth celebrating. What are the Red Sox doing? I don't see a Red Sox roadmap for the next few years. And I probably will be wrong because they end up figuring it out anyway. But this is yeah. pretty bad. This is pretty bad for them. You have to you have to probably come to terms with them. Boston fans have to realize they're losing Xander Bogarts in the offseason unless there is some wild, uh, you know, acquiescence there. And I, I'm not sure there's going to be. Um, yeah. And then you look at the rest of this roster like, yeah, it's dealt with injuries. Sure. Most of the league has dealt with injuries. Look where the Rays are at. We talk about that every other week. The Rays have had devastating injury after devastating injury, and they're still right there. They're still going to make the playoffs. Red Sox, I don't even know about their farm system. Um, I don't know what Heim Bloom is doing with these, you know, this this patchwork on the roster, both with the pitching and with playing people out of position and trading good players. Um, traded a lot of good players over the last couple of years, and it's made the team worse, predictably. Predictably made the team worse. Last year will prove to be a fluke, just like the Giants' 2021 season. I think that we all know that both of those teams punched way above their weight when they had no business doing so. Um and look, just hilarious about Red Sox fans. You have them flipping out about Kike Hernandez signing a one-year, $10 million extension. He was your fucking hero eight months ago, nine months ago. This guy couldn't be stopped. Actually, no, it's closer to 11 months now. The calendar's moving. But guy had historic postseason, Boston yeah. folk hero, Kike Hernandez. Let's get him under a lifetime contract. Now he's injured this year and has trouble staying on the field. And it's like, oh my God, I can't believe this guy's back and we're not signing other players who deserve the contract. It's like, what, what, what do you want? You want someone to just serve you for five games and then, you know, the second that they can't, they're gone. Um, it's why Boston Phantom is the worst and it's why they always try to shift the narrative, right? It's like, oh, we just kind of got our asses kicked by the Yankees by – them outplaying us by us making bad mistakes by our manager, not really being sharp. Um, and by our general manager's moves clearly proving to be largely inefficient and not that effective. And then your takeaway from that series is like, 
yeah, I mean, but I'd be worried if I were the Yankees. Why? You're not the Yankees. You don't have to worry about us. You can worry about yourselves. You can worry about how the rest of the season is going to go. You can worry about what your next five years is going to look like. You don't have to. We're doing the worrying. You can tune in here. We're doing the We're going to worry after winning this two-game series. We're going to worry after, worry after getting bigger a bigger cushion in the division. I don't like the way the bullpen looks. I don't like that no. Josh Donaldson's still playing. Bat flips onto the infield yesterday, hits a pop-up to center field. Like, what is going There's plenty of things that we've worried about. You guys can worry about yourselves, worry about your future. You can hype up everybody you want to hype up. It's not going to change the result of anything. Um, we win the season series. That'll just be the end of the story, um, and that'll be obviously pleasant. Um, and guess what? How many times, how many times, 2018 Boston Red Sox, all Boston fans talked about that year was how awesome it was that Boston kicked the shit out of the bottom barrel teams in the league. And that's how they won 108 games. And that was the difference between them and the Yankees winning the division because the Yankees weren't as efficient against the Orioles as the Red Sox were. And the Red Sox outplayed them by eight games, seven, eight, eight games. I think it was. Yeah. Yankees, Yankees beat some more bad teams. than you're talking about a tighter race. You win 108 games though. That's pretty much going to determine it. So Red Sox fan, the Red Sox fans love when they beat up on shitty teams, but when they're the shitty team and the good team beats up on them, it's like, wait a second. I wouldn't be that excited about beating up on shitty teams. You guys, you guys should be worried about what's to come in a month from now. What are you worrying about what's happening right now? We have to worry about what's happening right now, fellas, ladies, because we need to win every game. We need to extend the division lead. We need to get healthy at the right time. We need players getting the right amount of reps before the playoffs start. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. It's major league baseball. Teams, we've seen what happened. Um, I, I was, I don't know. I've, I've been watching a lot of baseball, but my head's, uh, my head's completely out of place now. We had, we had the Angels smack up on the Guardians for a few games. I know, obviously, Mike Trout is back and whatnot, but um, you know, you have these disparities where there's playoff teams facing clearly inferior opponents, whether there is, there's a few star players on the roster or not. I get right our backyard. How right about in our backyard? How about the Cubs versus the Mets? How about the Nationals versus the Mets? How about the Mets and their easy schedule losing series after series? Seven and eight. Seven and eight since the Timmy Trumpet thing. Like, am I saying the Mets are doomed? No, No. but uh, like, strength of schedule is not good. Strength of schedule is only as good as you make it, as good as, as well as you play. You're right that the Yankees need to win every game. Like, that's the difficult tornado of these mid-September, late-September games where you haven't clinched yet, you're you're building an advantage, but you have nothing guaranteed to you. You can't take the foot off the gas pedal, and every time you win a game, you try to relax for a couple hours. Then the second game starts approaching, and you remember, oh, we actually kind of have to win this too, and if we don't, it's not going to bode well for us because you look ahead on the schedule. A big Toronto series. We got like yeah. an Oriole series coming up. So you win the first game at Fenway. What? This is why I don't want to go to Fenway and face a bad Red Sox team. It's no only more. slightly preferable to go into Fenway to facing a good Red Sox team. Neither yeah. of those are fun. Uh, and obviously, I'd rather face the bad one than the good one. But you face the good one. You're sort of mentally preparing for some losses. You face the bad one. These are games you need to win. But you know they're going to throw their best fastball. And you know the bases are going to be loaded in the eighth. And you know the Yankees are going to have chances to extend their lead and they won't. And you know the ballpark's going to shrink when the Red Sox are up and expand when we're up. Because that's just what happens at this stadium. All these games are going to be tougher than they need to be. 
to a good team against a bad team, and we still go to extra innings, and it still goes from 7-4 to 7-6. A bad team against a good team, and we still have a three-base error, and the Yankees don't even get a shutdown inning the next half inning. Goes from 3-0 on the most hilarious play you've ever seen to 3-1 because Connor Wong hits a two-out ribby double. The Yankees won both of these games. That's all that's important. They had to. These were never going to be easy. The first one was a 9 out of 10 on the difficulty scale and like a borderline Yankees classic. The second one was like, I don't know, a 7? Wasn't that much easier. Bases loaded, one out for Rafael Devers down 3 in the 8th. That's what you're talking about with the bullpen. Uh, But the, the mentality of, yeah, you guys shouldn't even be happy you won because we're not not very good like are, you're not watching the rest that that's self-hate for self-hate sake you're not watching yeah. the rest of baseball and you're thinking about oh what yankees red sox is every year um and maybe red sox fans are still salty 2016 we ruined your season we were bad you were good uh you're trying to clinch and you do the red sox one of my favorite yankee games that didn't matter of all time yanks are bad they made a playoff push in august and september when they called up gary sanchez but they were bad uh, and by the end of September, they're obviously eliminated. Red Sox come into Yankee Stadium. They clinch the AL East by, you know, somebody else beat someone and helped them into the clinch. So they clinch in the middle of the final game at Yankee Stadium. They don't even have to win anymore, but they're up. I think it's 3 nothing in the ninth. Joe Kelly in. It leads to a Mark Teixeira walk-off Grand Slam. And so they clinch. They lose. They, they, they're kind of looking around, though, going, that wasn't. Wait, that was actually pretty bad, I think. Wait, that's not good, so, right? And then they go into the ALDS, get swept by Cleveland. They don't win. I don't think they won a game again after that. And so that's the, hey, we should worry moment. Like, hey, did the Yankees just steal our souls a little bit? Beating the Red Sox at Fenway twice is not going to make me worry any more than anything else that's happened in the last two months. They they blew some games at Fenway. Tommy Pham walked us off. There have been some really unpleasant Yankee Red Sox moments this year that have made me question things two games sweeping you in a series that could have gone much worse is not one of them. Yeah, no, I, I, I just, don't, I, I just, I don't like or understand the discourse there. And that's why Red Sox fandom is the most frustrating because they are not dialed into what else is going on around baseball, right? They're just narcissists and they're dealing with whatever's in front of them. Um, that's why we got is Aaron judge is Aaron judge going to sign in yeah. Boston stories this week. Why? I mean, like, yeah. Thanks for asking him, but you trade Mookie Betts. Don't re-sign Bogart. You don't extend Devers. If the Red Sox are coming off two off-seasons of signing Manny Ramirez and signing Kurt Schilling, then it's a fair question to be like, is Aaron Judge next? The ultimate trump card? But, like, High and Bloom never signs anybody. He's going to pay an over-30 Aaron Judge $330 million. That's his next – that's his move. Like, if he offered him the most money, I'm sure Aaron Judge would consider going there, but – I mean, that's was that one of the five worst contracts in baseball history if he does that and doesn't do the other things? Like, you already, Mookie Betts is gone. An inner circle Hall of Famer. He's gone. Yeah. He, you didn't want to pay him. Like, you're going to pay an older, more likely to break down version of Mookie Betts. Is that what I'm hearing? Or is this just the Red Sox fans, again, being the center of the universe, saying, like, it is. ooh, the biggest free agent's in town. Let's just ask him if he wants to come here because who wouldn't want to come to Boston? <laughs> Because what's the evidence uh, aside of what you just said, right? Like all that stuff lines up. There is nothing. There are no crumbs. There's not even, there's not one single crumb suggesting that the Red Sox would even dream about entertaining Aaron judge. And then Aaron judge hits two home runs. What does that mean? 
hey, Aaron, you hit two home runs in Fenway Park. Does that change what your free agency uh, situation is going to look like? What do you think? How about Boston? It's like, look at Judge's splits at Fenway. They're bad. They're really not bad. good. And I know it's because he's facing the Red Sox and he's not facing, he's not there for 81 games. So that might change. But you look at the numbers, you look at the postseason success, Judge. Okay. Nothing, nothing crazy, solid stuff. You look at the Fenway numbers. There's nothing there. There's nothing there outside of the viral pick from fucking seven years ago of Judge wearing a Red Sox shirt, playing beer pong at a party with foam on his shirt, uh, with foam on it after playing beer pong and with his arm around some chick. And that's all you got. Probably was, you know, maybe partying and was like, hey, man, I need an extra shirt. And his buddy was like, hey, I got a Red Sox shirt. You want to trash it with beer and cigarettes? He's like, yeah, dude, totally. That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, Again, but no evidence. No, no inkling that this would be a thing. Um, there's no, is there any inclination the Red Sox are going to spend? Do you tell me, guys? You tell me, Red Sox fans who are so upset with Heim Bloom, who are so upset with the ownership group that has a stake in Liverpool but doesn't spend money on your team and you're constantly mad and, and pissed off at them for not making the moves that you want, but now all of a sudden Aaron Judge is a possibility. Aaron Judge is a possibility after you tore down a world series team for what reason again what reason did you do that we still don't know that team would still be a contender this team has mookie bets on it this team is 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 seven or eight games better that's just math that's yeah. that's how that's how war works that's how it all works he's team is way better up on yeah he's four war up on verdugo right now so yeah. alex verdugo you guys love like all right you got a 280 hitter with no power for mookie bets cool Great. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And a bunch of prospects who probably, you know, Connor Wong's here. Great. Jeter Downs it wasn't really that impressive. And then he got injured. Um, uh, they decided to pass on Bruce Sargratterall, who's really good, but also always injured. So it doesn't really matter. Either way, the package didn't make any sense. It didn't prepare the Red Sox for the future as maybe glowingly as they had believed at first. Um so it's it just none of it makes sense. It's just it's fodder. It's fodder to get a, it's fodder for us to do this. They got us doing what they thought we would do, and now we're doing it. So I guess we're the assholes. Um, Always. But, yeah, speaking of Fenway, quick before we move on, um, you can't not talk about Garrett Cole's start. Um, Maybe we didn't want to, but, you know, you look at it, and you have to wonder. Red Sox are not going to the playoffs this year, which is fine. Um, But for future endeavors, how many more times are you going to trot Garrett Cole out there? Um, 
And the numbers are really bad. Um, the numbers for Garrett Cole are overall, you know, you look at his body of work as a Yankee and it's good. It's, it's not, is it the, that money good? Is it number one, you know, ace good? I think that's kind of, uh, that's maybe an argument for, for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, but the numbers at Fenway, man, they're really bad. And I don't know how much more the Yankees can afford to do this. I think he's had six starts at Fenway, including the wild card game um, since the start of 2021. He did not start there in his first season in 2020. 6.90 ERA, 1.53 whip, 12 home runs in 30 innings. Look, Fenway, hitters park, third friendliest hitter park, hitters park in the entire league. Seven ahead of the Yankees who rank 10th. So don't want to really hear about the short porch anymore. Although I don't really subscribe to that. I've, I've deleted it from my brain, but you talk about Boston third most hitter friendly park in the league. Garrett Cole penchant for giving up home runs. It's just in his makeup as a pitcher. If you have a playoff game in the future at Fenway, do you just save Garrett Cole for Yankee stadium? Uh, I get this. I know we're getting ahead to a hypothetical that doesn't exist, but how many more times can the, can the Yankees afford to watch this happen? Can the fans stomach watching this happen? And can the Yankees be able to absorb the negative press that comes as a result of it? Because it's never ending. And at some point I understand, like you want Garrett Cole to go out there and kick some ass, but he only does that like 60% of the time when you actually need it. It's 60, 40. He does it most of the time. He does it more times than not, but it's not overwhelmingly enough to where you need it to be as a fan or just to justify the contract, which regardless, it doesn't matter because it's money and just nobody cares, but that's the dollar figure. And that's what it's kind of going to be matched to forever. How many more times can you do this? If you have an away series against the Red Sox and you have Nestor Cortez, you know, and Luis Severino, do you trot those guys out? in this hypothetical series and just save Cole for game three in the event, you know, you split there and then you need a win in game three. Like you at this point, I know they won the other night and they bailed out Cole. And that took a lot of the heat off of him. He gave up three home runs four earned total in six innings. He struck out 10, which is great, but his makeup as a pitcher and his deficiencies are bad for this ballpark and are bad for the rivalry. He can't, the narrative aspect of it to the mental game. I think it's, I think it's a lot because you've seen him unravel Billy crystal pitching at the bottom of the blue Jays lineup Um, uh, game, not starting on time. Uh, You know, umpire taking too long to throw the ball back. Like it's, it's crazy stuff how this happens and you can't put him in a pressure cooker. That is Fenway park. Also the fans jeering at him last year, making fun of him before he started the wild card game that that clearly might've played into something. Um, But I don't know. I don't know if this is even crazy to talk about, but that is, I don't know how many more times you could stomach watching this. It's been six times in two years and it's enough. The clock keeps ticking on it too. Cause all it's going to take is one dominant Cole start at Fenway for this to start rolling in the other direction. And it just hasn't happened. It doesn't come like that's what, that's what's so frustrating. Like the fans right now, the fans have this in their back pocket. They don't have much, but they have Devers owns Cole and they have Red Sox own Cole, right? So Devers didn't do anything against Cole in this game. It's going to take a while for that. That narrative is not going to disappear. But, you know, you win one big game of Fenway, seven innings, three hits, 10 Ks, one run. You win 8-1. The fans, 
they feel a little silly going, we own you. Cause then they, they wouldn't in that case. What was, but every time he appears and the same thing happens over and over again, he was pretty good in this game, except for the home runs allowed, which sounds like a Red Sox fan tweet. It's like, if you take away the Glaber Torres three run error, we actually win yesterday's game. Like it sounds that stupid, but 10 strikeouts, sinnings, like, what four hits and three home runs like if he doesn't give up the long ball that's a great start unfortunately he couldn't shake the one one thing that keeps ruining these starts so it's another one where we got to kick the can down the road we're not going back Fenway this year like even if the Red Sox run of all runs and steal a a final playoff spot we're gonna finish ahead of them so they're not like we're not going there unless they make it to the DS I don't want to fall down that rabbit hole. That's not something I'm going to assess right now. But another season like of Cole's journey at Fenway being over. So this is 2020. He's a Yankee and there's no one in the stadium. And I think he had a, I don't think he started at Fenway that year. He dominated the Red Sox at Yankee Stadium. But even so, there's nobody in the ballpark. The Yankees played at Fenway uh, in 20 and a guy snuck into center field and unfurled a flag or whatever. So one guy watched the game. There was nobody there. Last year, Cole, uh, a moderately decent start towards the end of the year at Fenway, but it included a Debra run homer. I think they, they were up 6 nothing, and it became 6-3. It was in that last series where they swept. Um, and like they, they, the Stanton Grand Slam and the Sunday Night Baseball game, Cole started the first one. He was okay. Debra still went yard off him. Uh, he had a terrible start in the middle of the summer in that series where we lost three out of four. And then this year, it's, it's you know, it's either implosions or it's what he did in the first game of the series where you look at it and you go one fewer home run and that looks better, but he gave up all those home runs. So reality is what reality was. Um, and every time he doesn't perform, it just the questions get later. and he's going to have to keep pitching at Fenway Park because this is what we paid him to do this year, less impactful than other years. He was good in the trop, but unbelievable. Now, uh, Stanzo on Twitter, uh, uh, a good uh, Bronx Pitstrips contributor and, and a good yeah, Yankee follow, did, did point out that uh, CC Sabathia in 2009 uh, allowed six earned runs in a start three times, five earned runs in a start four times, four earned runs in a start four times. But we don't talk about it because CC Sabathia and the 2009 Yankees won the World Series. And CC Sabathia was the ALCS MVP that year. So Cole's not going to get a chance to change the Fenway narrative this year, but he gets a chance to cement himself as the ace that we're paying him to be by dominating the DSCS World Series. No one will mention the first inning blow up against the Mariners ever again. That's the worst kind of person who is just like, you know, if Cole is the ALCS MVP this year and the Yankees win the World Series, but then next year he gives up two runs in the toppers to the Orioles in the middle of May, you turn to someone and you're like, this looks like that Mariners game all over again. Then you're a weird guy. But until he does something like rampage a World Series run, if he owns a World Series run, this is all going to go away. So he yeah. can't counteract the Fenway narrative this year, but he can do the second thing. Yeah. I, I agree. I fully agree. I think that there there's ways to fix this, but like we said, it's although he's largely pitched well in the postseason outside of that um, outside of that Red Sox start where you believe he was hurt um, with the bulky hamstring, um, untimely hits against the Rays, you know, and that that series that's that series did us in. That was a bad year for the, the 2020 Yankees. It was a really bad year. 
Um, and people don't forget, man. People don't forget. Derek Jeter talked about Yankees fans and how they were unforgiving, but they're also the best. And it's just, it's just how it goes. Bigger expectations here. Easy way. The, the crazy thing is just so easy. It's easy to turn around the narrative. It's so simple. You just got to do like one or you got to do one or two big, like Stanton. Stanton has a bad series at Fenway, but like no one says anything about it. Stanton's largely had a folks of not great year, not great year. Cause he's injured in the second half and it's really not looking good, but nobody, nobody's saying anything because he's abused the Red Sox now for like four years. So that's his saving grace. I know a lot of other fans give him grief. Um, but for the most part, people who are dialed in and understand the value of John Carlos Stanton know that the fact that he kicks Boston's ass is where he makes his money. That's, you know, at least my opinion too. Um, I don't Stanton, you know, uh, doubled. He doubled yesterday. How many doubles do you think that is for him this season? That it, how many doubles on the season? Yeah. Uh, yep. 15. Yeah, it is seven. Wow. Yeah, seven, seven doubles. No way. Mm-hmm. And, he, and that's his first since that's his first extra base hit in quite a while, isn't it? Uh, yeah, except for the homers. I think that's his first extra. Base oh, except for the homer off the, he, he hit the homer off the got the Tampa uh position player and what else. And then he hit one the next day against uh, yes. Patino, okay. who, who's yeah. basically a position player in that game. <laughs> uh, yeah, but nonetheless, moral of the story is it's very easy to turn the narratives around, especially among Yankee fans. And then Yankee fans will defend you to the death. To the death. So, um, look, hopefully it changes, but you got to wonder with Garrett Cole, um, especially now the Yankees appear to be a little bit back on track. Um Speaking of whom, Glaber Torres heating up. We'll get to that in a second, but they're getting back on track. Starts are going to matter a lot more for Garrett Cole down the stretch and in the postseason. And it's uh, it just oscillates between, hey, this guy's kind of dominant, and then it's like, I don't know if I don't know if he's going to win this game, and that's that that can't be your feeling around your ace. But you know, he's got time. He he shut up the Twins, and I know that wasn't the tallest of tasks, but he did what he was asked to. Um, and that was big. So we got to give him, and once again, not a lot of run support. I think in like 18% of his starts, one or zero runs of support this year, bad. Um, Might have dropped because he got some run support over the last two, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, maybe that number went down. Um, but either way, jury saw it on Garrett Cole as an ace in New York in terms of doing what needs to be done to make this an upper echelon championship team. Sadly, I don't want it to be this way. I don't want to have these conversations anymore. I want Garrett Cole to be good, and I want to be able to trust him and root for him and not have to deal with this discourse. But, you know, it can't be ignored. Um, Anyway, speaking of somebody else who's kind of constantly in the good and bad graces of Yankees fans is Glaber Torres. Man, is heating up, folks. Uh, He's got uh, three multi-hit games over the last week. Four games, actually. Over the last four games, actually. Um Swing seems to be better. Power's kind of back. But again, this is very small sample size. This is after an August in which he hit 180 with a 464 OPS and was one of the worst, statistically worst players in baseball. I think he was like bottom 10 in terms of OPS. Um, Turned it around. 11 games in September, 261, 798 OPS. Still not the greatest, but it's better. Three homers, 11 RBIs, three stolen bases, um, and contributed to perhaps the final chapter of the Red Sox laughable season. Don't know if it's going to get worse than that throw from Connor Wong into right field that got those three runs across. Um, 
I wrote earlier this week because Glaber was hitting the ball well and looked more comfortable at the plate. And I was like, this guy can't afford to string Yankee fans along, act like he's back at the plate and then disappear in October. That would do him in as his, in his, as his, you know, for his future with the Yankees, I think. Um, and it's a difficult subject to talk about because when anyone's departing, it's not the easiest um, to kind of discuss, but he was mentioning trade talks at the deadline. There were rumors about maybe trading him last year. Fans definitely wanted him out last year after that, you know, the, that one point, what, three years at shortstop, which were really bad. Um, fact of the matter is, in my opinion, um, Glaber Torres and Gary Sanchez did themselves no favors getting off to that fast of starts for their Yankee careers because there was nowhere else to go except down. You've, that's those are two, you know, those seasons. How do you get much better than those seasons? You get much better than those seasons and you're fucking Barry Bonds. So it's like, but then again, the way that they both cratered is like, okay, fine. Some fans are reasonable. Okay. We're not going to get 2018, 2019 Glaber Torres, but can we get middle of that? Can we get not detrimental and, you know, uh, life altering play for, you know, six weeks. We can't afford that. Now he's coming back. It's kind of changing the complexion of this lineup, and I think he is the key. That's long what what I've kind of believed is if he's hitting and he's a threat at the plate, this lineup lengthens and lengthens and lengthens, and opposing pitching has so much more difficulty um, because they have to pitch to more people, um, and that's that's the name of the game. Look at this lineup when you know they when pitchers decided to walk Aaron judge for that, that short period of time where they seemingly learned their lesson, but then stopped doing that for whatever reason. Um, the lineup couldn't score runs. Aaron judge was the only guy producing anything. Um, but Torres slightly back. It's great timing. Playoffs are in three weeks. What do we think? What do we think? What do we think? Uh, I mean, we think that the Glaber Torres opposite field swing on a fastball bearing in on him is one of the most beautiful swings the Yankees have available to them. And when it's gone for like two months, it's like, where did it go? How, how did you forget to do that? It's like such a tool in your toolbox. Um, When he's oppo focused, it seems like it's so easy for him to just take that fastball bearing in and spray it to right center. Did it yesterday against Bayo. That was like 96 center cut, but he did it against yours familia. That's like a, he, that guy sucks, but that's like a 98 mile an hour sinker bearing in on his hands. Bases Something. loaded two outs, extra innings, top 10, need a run, need two, or else you're not going to survive. He gives you three. He takes that fastball and sprays it into the gap. Everybody comes home and scores. Esteban Floreal doing the dive. Um, so, like, how much can we trust Glaber? Still not much because he was doing this in April, May, June, and yeah. portions of July, and then completely forgot how to do it for a month plus, and now he's back. But he's an insanely valuable player. Uh, I don't know how much more of him the Yankees want to take He's obviously going to be in the lineup this year. He's in the best version of the lineup this season. Yeah. But knowing the sort of, you know, the the fact that his mental state could take such a hit from uh, trade conversations, he's about to have an offseason full of trade conversations, uh, whether he gets dealt or not. 
he's certainly going to be thrown into plenty of packages. And I wonder, like we saw what one, maybe it was a one day shock thing. He didn't expect to be in the deadline talks because he was a borderline all-star, but then suddenly he was, and it was like, wait a second, do they want to send me to Miami? But if that threw off his trajectory so much, and it really feels like it did, then think about what December, January, February of being in every trade package is going to do for him. I don't think you're going to do that and then bring him back and then get the best version of Glaber Torres. And I think Oswald Peraza, who we'll talk about in a bit, and Anthony Volpe and Oswaldo Cabrera have done enough that they deserve significant playing time next year at the big league level. I don't know how much AAA Volpe you want. I know he's not going to open the season on the roster, but I don't know how much longer you can wait. I also know that the best version of IKF so far has been third base IKF. Even that was a very limited sample size, but it was pretty helpful. IKF has actually been pretty good for a month now, no matter where he plays. He's turning himself into a valuable commodity too. But Oswaldo Cabrera has got to be playing a lot for the 2023 Yankees. He shouldn't be the starting right fielder. You got to have somebody else in the role. He's an infielder. He's an outfielder. He's not an everyday right fielder. He's not hitting 35 bombs next year. So IKF and Cabrera as utility guys by the middle of the season, Peraza at short and uh, DJ at third and Volpe at second is a hell of a team. Uh, Whatever you need to do to get there, get there. I would say Glaber Torres is going to have a really tough time fitting in on the Yankees next year, especially after an entire offseason. I'm hearing his name thrown around everywhere. That said, there is a beautiful version of Glaber that can be unlocked. And there's a reason people think he is a threat with risk. It's because of swings like Tuesday and Thursday. It's yeah. because he shortened up on the ball and tagged balls into the gap. That's an unstoppable swing when he's got it working. You can't attack him. What are you going to throw him sliders low and away? He's not going to swing at him because yeah. he's looking to go oppo. Like you got to dart the outside corner with a slider in order to get him in this mode. Because otherwise, he's going to take that fastball, inner half, outer half, and deposit it into the right center gap. And he, I mean, what did he, he had two bombs against the Rays, and he almost, you know, he should have hit one to center yesterday against A. Belmonte, too. It's not like he's throwing the power away. He's just going with the baseball. Yeah. And this approach, this approach is extremely valuable. Next year, I don't think so. And I think all he's really done for next year has raised, is raised his trade value. But for this year, they're not ditching him. The playoff lineup has Labor Torres in it, and he's just got to keep his confidence for another month. Yeah, I, uh, I'm glad you brought in kind of the long-term perspective there because uh, uh, I'm wondering for now, because I'm, if I'm not mistaken, Oswald Peraza can, is, cannot be on the postseason roster. He came up September 1st, right? He, he could be, but he won't be. Yeah. But they don't Why, use him, so it's How not could happen. he be? I thought you had to be uh, up in August. You got to be on the 40 man by the end of August. So he was, so he was in the counts. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. So anyway, regardless if his Oswald Peraza is eligible or not, he's not playing. So we need to know why we need to analyze whether this Glaber Torres mini resurgence that's literally lasted five games, guys. So relax. Um, could be real or could be in even – 75% of that is something we could maybe expect because Oswald Peraza is not playing. He hasn't played since Friday of last week. I don't know why. To me, he seemed fine on defense. 
outside of a couple of hiccups. He's but he's yet to even record an error in the games that he's played. The bat looks good. The bat looks good. He's been he was getting hits in a barren Yankees lineup. He was forced he was forced to see pitches. Pitches were had pitchers had to throw at him. Um and he was his first game at Yankee Stadium was a three-hit game. Um, they debuted him in the worst way possible by pinch hitting him in the ninth inning in Tampa, the worst place imaginable to ever play any rookie in their debut. Um, when the Yankees were down nine nothing down to their final out, and of course he struck out. What else was he? What else was he going to do? What else would have anybody done there? Um, but I would have hit a homer. I would have yeah. homered. He showed some promise and you're sitting there and you're like, okay, like maybe we can, maybe we can have a shit. We, you can do, you can do a million things with the crazy part is you can do a million things with this lineup. You could banish Donaldson. You could put IKF at third. You could banish IKF. You could put Donaldson at third. You could banish IKF and Donaldson. You could put DJ at third. You could fucking banish Glaber, put Oswald at second. Like there's so many things you can do. There's a million things you can do to fit Oswald Praza in this lineup, with especially with how healthy it was, it, how unhealthy it was for largely over the last, you know, even the last week, we're still not fully healthy. A lot of guys still, still not there. Uh, DJ um, uh, Rizzo. Um, uh, I know Bader and Carpenter really don't factor in, but those are still missing guys that should be on the roster. Aaron Hicks over the last 30 games, I think is slugging under 200. Shouldn't be a player. Shouldn't be on the field at all. You want to, you want to, you there's, there are my point is just there's ways to do this. There's ways to put Oswald Peraza in the lineup. There's ways to give him more run. There's ways to inject energy into this lineup. It's not happening. I don't know why. Can someone explain it to me? I can't. And uh, you want to talk about the Yankees being rude to Oswald Peraza. Like, not only did they force him to debut at the end of that Rays game, we knew he wasn't going to stay at short forever once Donaldson came back. But maybe he give Donaldson a breather. Like, especially after you win that first Fenway game, you could start Oswald Peraza yesterday. That that might be fun because uh, Josh Donaldson's forgetting what his bat speed feels like these days. And he's hitting 330-foot pop-ups and he's bat flipping. But talk about rude. They, they put out all these graphics. Like Marley Rivera tweeted Peraza and Cabrera hanging out and hugging before the first Fenway game with a caption like they're so excited to see Fenway because they just debuted. This is their first time there. The Yankees tweeted something about Venezuelan pride with Marwin and Peraza and Cabrera uh, and, a, and a fourth player all all like hanging out in front of the uh, like in front of the scoreboard. And it's like you didn't even I mean, thanks for celebrating, but you didn't even give him a chance. He didn't he didn't sniff the field. We can't can't be putting him in the ninth as a defensive replacement yesterday. Up five two five two is not enough for you to to give Oswald Peraza some run. Like I guess there's value in him sitting on the bench the same way there was value in uh you know Derek Jeter sitting on the bench in '95. Yeah, Venezuelan roots for Hispanic Heritage Month. It's Glaber, Oswald, Oswaldo, and Marwin. Like all yucking it up at Fenway, but like one of those dudes was borderline a spectator for this entire series. Um, it would have been it would have been fun to see him and. You can only hope that the Yankees are able to clinch with some time left on the clock. They're six games up on Toronto right now for the East. They're 11 and a half up on Baltimore with 19 to play for a playoff spot. Maybe once you get that playoff spot locked up, you can do a 
draw the game a series. Hopefully you have the division locked up. By the time you go to Texas, he can start three of those four games. There's a doubleheader in there. I'm sure as shit don't want to see Josh Donaldson start both games of a doubleheader in Texas. We're already past the point. David Cohn made this point. We're already past the point of him helping the 2022 Yankees achieve anything more than what they were already going to achieve. You want him to do that, you call him up in July. You want him to be a huge part of this narrative down the stretch, you call him up in July, let him get his feet wet, and then start playing him, if not every day, almost every day. That ship has sailed. He's not going to be on the playoff roster. Whether you think he's one of the best bats or not, Marwin Gonzalez is going to be there. He's not going to be there. So that ship has sailed. All you can ask for him moving forward is to just show us something in exhibition-type baseball. So at the very least, hopefully they get the clinch together in the relative, you know, next couple of days, and we actually get to see him get some real run. Yeah, I mean, I guess I shouldn't fully complain because it's nice that he's here, um, and it's nice that he gets to be around the guys, and he, and it's nice that he might get to see a clinch um, and be around a winning, winning team. Um, but then again, he kind of he was kind of impressive. So why would you not try to see what else he can bring? Why couldn't he? Why couldn't he be a surprise postseason player? Like I don't understand. Like why is yeah. that off the table? Why are we still running? I mean, I, once again, I, I don't think IKF is the problem. I think Donaldson's more of a problem than IKF. Um, yes, I think Aaron Hicks is a giant problem. Like if you got rid of Donaldson, Hicks, and Chapman today not a single Yankee fan would care. Not a single one, maybe one, maybe four, maybe all the, maybe the family members of these people would be the only ones who cared and the friends like that. That's it. But I just, it's, it's the weird, it's the the weird unwillingness for the Yankees to push the envelope to just maybe get better, maybe take a risk to get better. Like the risk you take is trading Jordan Montgomery for Harrison Bader. That's the risk. It's not even a fun risk. Like, take a fun risk. Take a risk where you see a guy make an impression, clearly know that he's excited to be here, clearly know that he fills a position of need for you when you've been struggling in the middle infield mightily, and you're just going to watch the asset just hang out, just hanging out, not doing anything. Um, Look, I could be wrong. This alignment now with the Yankees getting healthy could actually be fine. Who knows? Watch Donaldson heat up, have a fucking run at the end of the season and, you know, into the playoffs and make all of us look stupid. Like we know, we know the possibilities there are, are very much realistic. Um, But that's what the Yankees do. They wait for these potential scenarios to unfold. And then you're sitting there with your hand up your ass and they don't unfold. And then you're just like, well, what did we just wait for? We waited for the grand plan that the front office has put forth and we knew it wasn't working from months one through six and then they thought it was going to work in month seven and then it didn't work in month seven. So now what's the point? What am I even doing? Um, why do I root for this team? Uh, anyway, things have turned around, so we can't be that frustrated. There are questions, though, lingering things that still matter. Did we beat the Red Sox as, as convincingly as we should have? No. Boston strong, technically not wrong. Didn't beat them as badly as we should have. But guess what? We won the two games. That's great. Yankees fans are still addressing that there are issues here. You know, you won based on unclutch hitting from the Red Sox. The first night, I think their hitters were the first uh, five hitters were three for 22 with uh, seven strikeouts or something. So bad, bad performance by them. Um, but then again, you have to be good at baseball to win games. So the Yankees played better baseball technically. Um, 
and re and yeah. Reese McGuire picked up the slack for those dudes at the top of the yeah. order who didn't hit. So of all guys. Yeah. I, I just want, you know, I just want the team to take some risks here and there. You know, there's so like Aaron Hicks. I'm, I, you thought for a second, one second there, brief second, you thought that he'd just be DFA'd after that game or after the weekend was over. Yeah. Um, but he's still, still out there. Once again, hitting, I think he's hitting 104 over his last 30 games or 30 days or something. Um, it's just not baseball. It's not even baseball. Forget about bad baseball. It's just not even really baseball. It's like having a blank spot in the lineup and you're just like, yeah, I'm going to play with eight guys today. And then they're just like, hey, man, that's actually not baseball. You need nine. And they're like, we're going to go with eight. We're going to play not baseball today. Um, so it, it was good to see good to see Hicks in there yesterday. That was a valuable use of everybody's time. He walked in extra innings against Juris Familia and was like, might have something in this guy. Let's let's get him out there. Let's get him some more run. I, I think he was hitting 111 in his last 30 games or i'm gonna pull that up just to like i don't want to get that wrong i don't want to if it's 112 i want to give him that he deserves uh 115 yeah um 87 at bats 10 hits 10 walks 25 strikeouts and 87 at bats 204 obp that's like you want to talk about playing rookies after we've clinched or like you know just giving fresh eyes a chance to play baseball after we've clinched. That's the kind of guy you play after you've clinched. I don't yes. need to see that. I don't need to see that until the, the season is, is basically over. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't also don't know. I don't know how it helps. Like all the players know that the fans don't like him. He was openly booed and jeered at Yankee stadium. Like how does that not affect the rest of the roster where they're like, they're going to keep like letting this guy, get abused on like social media and by the crowd and that's okay with that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I haven't, I haven't been on a professional team, unfortunately. So I don't know what thoughts go through these guys head, but you know, you're sitting there, you have to wonder, you simply have to wonder. Um, But nonetheless, it doesn't make the team better and the team needs to be better and the team needs to be good if they want to win a world series. Um, So we're going to hope for the best because that's what we try to do here. We do get negative, but we're going to hope for the best. Um, Yeah. And we got a day off before we go to Milwaukee. I like how this September's a little bit scattered. It gives uh, – I'm guessing – we thought it was dumb in the beginning, but I'm guessing it was they were giving more days off in September for rain, rain outs and, and makeups. Um, so it really isn't the craziest thing. Um, so you go to Milwaukee. Milwaukee's not really playing that well. I know they have good pitching, but they also can't hit. I don't know what's going on with the Brewers. Um, they were a pick of mine in the preseason. Um doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs unless they have some late season surge. Um, yeah, we could help, I guess, yeah, but we we're not going to see, we're not going to see their best pitching. We're going to see Brandon Woodruff, yeah. uh, but Corbin Burns pitched yesterday. We won't see him. And Freddie Peralta also an all-star last year has a serious shoulder issue. So he will not be pitching in this series. It's Adrian Hauser in the opener Woodruff fun. And then it's Cole against sort of an anonymous name on Sunday. Don't overlook that. We know what the Yankees did against Adler and Adrian Martinez, but uh, they are not going to see Milwaukee's best, and Milwaukee's best is also on the shelf, like has not been available for quite a while. Yeah. So not going to be easy. This is a borderline playoff team. This is a road environment. Yankees do not know what to expect from this ballpark. I'm sure old friend Andrew McCutcheon is going to make some noise. I'm sure old friend Rowdy Telez is going to make some noise. Uh, but this looked like a little bit of a tougher series at the beginning of the season, and – most importantly, 
everything felt like a tougher series if the Yankees had lost these two at Fenway or just split them. They won them both. So that changes the calculus and the outlook from here on out. We will be back on Monday to talk more baseball. That's the end of this week's episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. The Yankees are in a better position than they were when we talked to you on Monday, when they were in a a better position than they were when we talked to you last Thursday. Game's not over, though. Nothing's done. Work to do. Make sure to stay tuned with us. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us those five-star reviews. Drop us those mailbag questions. And come find us live on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays. Also live on Twitter, 2 o'clock Eastern. We're going to be doing uh, all that good stuff in the coming weeks. Hopefully we get to do playoff roster projections. Who got left out? Who's on the cutting room floor? Who's going to play a bigger role than we thought? Playoff previews, etc. We're so close. Hopefully we just finish out the job soon and we get to get to the details on that. And we'll go live for some playoff games. That sounds fun. Until yeah. next time, I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? At Tommy's underscore takes. You can talk to us also on Twitter at YanksGoYardFS. That is the tag for the official YanksGoYard uh, Twitter account. Head on over to YanksGoYard.com. Plenty of content there for you. Good discourse in the comments section. We're having a great time. Um, enjoy the day off, everyone. Kick your feet up. Relax. Um Troll some Red Sox fans. You earned it until the next series where we just got to win one out of the three games uh, to clinch the season series. Uh, So have fun with it. You know, we deserve some fun after the last two months of baseball that we watched. Um, Trying to keep it light. Uh, Harrison Bader's on his way back. Yep. Hit a bomb last night, dude. Yep. Ran into one. I know it's double A, but that's the stuff that I like to see. I love it. wrong with it. Getting healthy at the right time. Maybe it works out. Maybe Brian Castro makes us look looks dumb. We'll see. And next time we'll talk to you Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Harrison Bader will be debuting on that Tuesday if all goes well. Two weeks to get ready for any postseason play. Fingers crossed. We need him. Bronxville native, your boy. We'll see you on Monday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.